Only five days left. Only five more days until one of the most special celebrations of the year. As we are drawing near this special event, we have been using the theme, Gather Round the Child, to help us center our focus and faith on what is truly important. There's an old saying which goes, the light that shone on Bethlehem still shines on us today. Today. Today we gather in that beckoning light, getting our proper perspective on our faith journey as we move once again toward Bethlehem to bow before the gift represented in the Christ child. Now, just because we gather around the child, it does not mean we worship a baby. We adore and seek to follow one who came as a baby, and we pay tribute to such an amazing happening and the amazing promise that life held. We live in a time when so many promises are made, and yet so many are unkept. Promises can be an elusive thing. Promises. People have been making them throughout history. Sometimes they're kept, and sometimes they're broken. Thinking of promises, I was drawn to a beautiful poem which needs no introduction. It's Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening by Robert Frost. Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near. Between the woods and frozen lake, the darkest evening of the year, he gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, and I have promises to keep, and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep. What do you imagine God was thinking as God looked down on the baby Jesus lying there asleep on that first Christmas night? Do you suppose God was saying something like, This night is lovely, dark, and deep, and I have promises to keep, and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep. And indeed, God does not sleep. In the words of the psalmist, Psalm 121, verses 1 through 4. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. God will not let your foot be moved. The one who keeps you will not slumber. The one who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Now, the difference between our promises and God's promises are enormous. But not wanting to get caught up today in the limitations of our human promises, I want to take a different and more profound look at what can be meant by the word promise. What is the promise of your life as we make the final approach toward Christmas? Is it the promise of another person? Is it the promise of God? Is it the promise, the potential of your life as a gift back to life? 
As you sit, wherever you are today, reflecting, what is the promise of your life? Last week, we talked about how every birth is a miracle and that every child is a promise. With all the distractions of the holiday season and with all of the disruptions of the pandemic, I'm wondering if our eyes will be open to the real promise in life and the possibilities in our lives. I believe it will only happen most fully if we are able to gather around the child once more to sense what this season is all about. As mentioned before, it's not so much about a baby as what God did through that baby. The philosopher and theologian Soren Kierkegaard offers us this story. Once upon a time, a king fell in love with a maid, it's an old theme, on how love overcomes all barriers of class and race and nationality. But for all its beauty, the king didn't see the matter easily resolved. Racking his brain and heart was this question. How to declare his love? Unable to answer it, he summons to his palace all the wise people in the kingdom and put the question to them. As one, they responded, Sire, nothing could be easier. Your majesty has to but appear in your glory before the humble abode of the maid and instantly she will fall at your feet and be yours. But it was precisely that thought which so troubled the king. In return for his love, he wanted hers, not fear that would lead to her submission. He wanted her glorification, not his. What a dilemma when to declare your love means the end of your beloved, when not to declare your love means the end of love. Night after night, the king paced the floor of his palace, pondering until at last he saw love's truth. Freedom for the beloved demands equality with the beloved. So late one night, long after everyone else at the palace had returned to their chambers, the king snuck out a side door of the palace and appeared before the humble abode of the maid dressed in the garb of a servant. He comes to us as one of us. You see, God has fallen in love with us and become equal with us to be with us and to give us free choice to be one with God. If that doesn't hold incredible promise, I don't know what does. Listen to this single verse from Isaiah 7:14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son, and you shall name him Emmanuel. And then from our Matthew text that Michael read for us, where we learn of how the birth of Jesus Christ happened. We learn about Mary and Joseph, this story so familiar to us. And in it, this quote from the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God 
with us. Many of us have heard and said the name Jesus thousands upon thousands of times. But the name of Emmanuel? Probably not nearly so often. To have God with us as one of us, not above us, not pretending to be one of us, but to truly and fully be as one with us. Does that not hold incredible promise for each one of us and for our world? The promises here in our midst that God is with us and with our world, even though at times things can seem to be falling apart. You know, we, we have ways of doing ourselves in. Sin is that which causes us to break relationship, whether it be with others, ourselves, or with God. And we've all had breaks in our relationships. We've all been there and done that. And this child and all that he represents and will do saves us from that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You see, sin and broken relationships are not the final word as long as we are open to something so special that came into the world so long ago. You see, Jesus grew up full of promise and love. And that promise and love, they offer hope, healing, salvation, and new and renewed relationships. And that's the promise we seek to celebrate this Advent. As was mentioned last Sunday, there are many for whom this season is a real downer. And I suspect it is in large part because of how strongly commercialism and all the other trappings have crept in, robbing the season of its real message, not to mention the isolation and loneliness that is so real for so many. Democritus of Abdera once observed, the life without festival is a long road without an inn. But if you journey all the way to Bethlehem, not getting sidetracked by all the roadside shows along the way, you will find an end with a special gift for you. And that is not depressing. The great preacher, uh, Samuel Barber, put it this way. In the muddled mess of this world, in the confusion and boredom and amazement, we ought to be able to spot something. An event, a person, a memory, an act, a turning of the soul, the flash of bright wings, the surprise of sweet compassion. Somewhere, we ought to be able to pick out a glory to celebrate. Friends, this is what we're all about today as we move toward Christmas. We are here to celebrate the promise. Christmas is more than food and presents and warm feelings with family. It's all about God with us. But do you know what the full extent of that promise holds? (laughs) Neither do I, at least not completely. So we'll have to live it out for the rest of our lives, and that is exciting. But for today, we need to rejoice and celebrate the promise. Listen to the beautiful imagery of Anne Weems as we close this portion of our worship. So celebrate. 
Bring your balloons and your butterflies, your bouquets of flowers. Bring the torches and hold them high. Dance your dance, paint your feelings, sing your songs, whistle, laugh. Life is a celebration and an affirmation of God's love. For God so loved the world. Surely that's cause for joy. Surely we should celebrate good news that God should love us that much. This year, as we gather around the child and on Christmas Day share presents with families and other close loved ones in his name, let us remember that God has given us the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth and all the creatures of the earth. God has given us greenery and everything that blossoms and bears fruits and all that we quarrel about and all that we have misused. And to save us from our own foolishness, from all our sins, the Holy One came to earth and gave us God's self. Joy to the world. God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Celebrate the promise. Amen.